0: Game week five is in the books, and we now roll into the international break. Welcome to the EFL SESH podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast. I think this might be episode 11. I might be wrong, but I know we're in double figures now, which is mad. Um, I'm Andy. I'm obviously one of the co-hosts here on the podcast. And as usual, I'm here by the better co-host, Joe. How are you, mate? Oh,
1: even better. I've been mean, described as the better co-host. Hello. Just the one hello from me. Never the triple hello. or always, always, always imitated, never, never bettered.
0: Um, I don't know. I yeah. don't know why I always do for the free hellos. It seems to be my gimmick. I think that might be my gimmick moving forward. Hello, I hello. like that. You can be the Matthew McConaughey of EFL like analysis. I I think that's a that's a, that's a niche market I can tap into, and you know, yeah, it'll be something I can you know go full time. You know, quit my job and do that for the rest, and go into the sunset very very happy and a very wealthy man.
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, that seems like an easy route to money. So. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'd understand being left behind for that. To be fair, you've uh, you've managed to carve out quite the niche.
0: Oh God, you've got my life plan now, and you know that I'm going to ditch you in the next six months. So it's yeah, uh, well, uh-huh. it's fine. I can I can brace myself for it. Nice, nice. Well, how, how was your weekend,
1: Joe? Did you get up too much? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, found myself at the Orient game on Saturday. Um, yeah, not not ideal, but hey lessons learned as both viewer and player i imagine uh lessons learned as viewer get far drunker before <laughs> before turning up um and lessons learned as player probably get far less drunk on the night before because i imagine that's the only excuse they've got for the, the the shambolic display on saturday and then yeah and then play i actually Andy played golf yesterday and got very burned very quickly i'm not a good golfer so i spent a lot of time in the sun and therefore did not apply enough sun cream and have turned up today like a lobster
0: but Honest, honestly playing golf in the sun is just an absolute. like it's just you're bound to get uh burnt in that because it's so open mm. and it, it, the weather at the moment is absolutely nuts like i was working today and i've never been so warm working in my life it's absolutely roasting out there today mm. um so yeah you know another lessons learned make sure you take sunscreen on the golf course that's uh yeah. for anyone yeah, not just crazy. joe um you know as any keen golfer knows in the summer it's one of the always open plan offices or places of work or <laughs> you can you can uh you can go to so make sure you wrap up with uh sun cream uh regardless uh, i i don't care if you're doing a factor 50 i'll openly admit factor 50 is my go-to um mm-hmm. don't be ashamed of that Nothing to be ashamed of. Look after your skin, Andy,
1: and it'll look after you in later life. I'm sure is a phrase from Ombre <laughs> Solaire. Is, is that a brand or I just made that? I don't know. I think it's
0: a brand. <laughs> I, I, it might
1: be, yeah. I think he might be right. Hope yeah. Hope, but yeah. if not, there you go. Now we've got our own brand of sun cream to spin off. So oh, exactly. yeah, that, that'll be that'll be my business. When you swan off into the sunset as the uh, Matthew Bagolet podcast extraordinaire and i'm left picking up the pieces i'll yeah i'll get
0: into sun cream there you go yeah
1: true Second, yeah.
0: money maker any sun cream brand deals that anyone wants to uh you know mm. to us, yeah, please do we'll be very much willing and uh, open to discussions moving forward but enough of the uh, pleasantries we're going to mm. go straight get straight into it so we're going to do a, a slightly different I'll say slightly different episode we're going to add another element to it um as the efl or general transfer window is closed we're going to start with um our general thoughts of the transfer window how we thought it went and also me and joe before this episode and we haven't conversed um our top three transfers for each of the leagues uh so far so this is based on you know maybe price maybe performance maybe just general because we like the person that's uh transferred um so we'll do that first and then we're going to go in a bit of a mixed order. So we'll start with League One and we're going to reduce the episode, uh, the game reviews to two. Um, we want to try and get to that kind of magic one hour mark. You know, we're we're constantly learning on this podcast and we want to make sure that, you know, you're constantly engaged throughout. And then we'll do League Two and we'll round off with the championship. And then, of course, as we said in the last episode. Canvey Island FA Cup update. I can't wait mm. to talk about that. There's a lot to talk about in that update, so yeah, look forward to that. So, Joe, let's get straight into it. Talk to mm. me about the transfer window. Obviously, closed last week on Friday. Yep. Um What's been your overall assessment of the transfer window in the AFL season?
1: As, well, blimey, that's a large. Subject. I was. You're right. We didn't converse before, and that's definitely <laughs> <taken> <laughs> just a general surprise. question. Um, just a general question. Yeah. Interesting. I, I guess one comment from me looking at it i think it can be quite easily chopped up between uh championship league one league two yeah. um championship takeaways obscene amounts of money for championship yeah. players kicking about at the moment and i think it's just a trip down from the prem like lots of these players are going into the prem but 30 40 million pound deals being made for well a couple of leicester players um is is, is crazy um and that will naturally have an impact throughout the football league because then they've got more money to spend and people know it people know that all of a sudden leicester have this 80 million kicking about so they're going to bump up the prices for their players so i guess we'll see where that goes um league two and i'm jumping about a bit but league two really interesting to note actually that there are i mean i think i saw something the other day that i think comparative to their like average gates the price of a transfer in league 2 is the highest in in England in the top four divisions and actually it makes sense because you've got you know, you've got some big spenders in there you've got obviously Wrexhams notts counties are uh, not necessarily big spenders big wages um stockport have been very free with their money recently um so yeah, i i i look on that with great interest and league 1 is fairly business as usual but again slightly distorted by the fact that actually this year you've got some huge clubs in league 1 um, mm. That have either fallen down this year or fallen down in previous years, and are desperate to get back to the championship. So, it's been a very really interesting window all around. What about you? I presume you've got some really interesting insights then. If you've given me that question, you better. Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, I, like, I like to keep you on your toes, Joe. And uh, mm. no, it's a very fair assessment. I'm very much aligned to kind of what you're thinking out. I you know for me the amount of money in championship this season has been has been mad really. I think I saw I put something on the EFL sesh um pod Instagram and obviously plug in the socials EFL sesh pod on Twitter and Instagram make sure you follow. Um that I think you know I think Southampton's net spend this year has been 120 million in 120 odd million in in the in the green which is mad. Mm-hmm. Obviously they sold Lavia to uh, Chelsea for 60 60 million um uh, West Ham bought More Prowse for 30 million um you know, Livermento went to uh, Newcastle for 32 million or 33 million. The, the amount of money that you know these kind of clubs are now making from it i it might just be because of the market and where the market's at right now and and that's just the premium you're paying for that but it's it's just bonkers how much you know value some of these players have and it may be you know for Southampton's case anyway it may be reason probably why they bought really young in the transfer window previously when they're in the Premier League, because if they had the risk of going down, they would be in a really good financial position to probably put themselves back up and probably being a stronger position probably for it. So maybe you could look back on it and think, you know, probably a good bit of business there overall, or good maybe running of the club. Just look what Brighton do in the Premier League. They're, some of their players are getting and the money they're they're shedding for, for that. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I think for, you know, for, for for the championship. The sums of money that even players internally are moving for, uh is is probably the most I've ever seen. And it's been interesting to see somehow some of the ways in which teams are actually going about their business. Sunland, for example, investing very, very heavily in youth. Like very youth youth orientated transfers. Obviously they had a bit of a dodgy potential dodgy deadline day where they lost I think lyndon Gooch and Ross Stewart in the same day, which was a bit of a a bit of a um shock for them but then yeah. bought a lot of lot of younger players to kind of supplement that and you you see maybe teams coming up you know from from league one and other you know and maybe the lesser teams really digging into experience look at qpr's transfer business you know they bought in um uh, steve cook i think from from bournemouth you know some very good experience in the league norwich bought ashley barnes in from you know from burnley when he got released so It's been interesting to see how, I think, in the Champions specifically, the tactics in which they've actually gone to spend. Whereas, you know, League One, I think, is very, like, assessment, like you said, very loan-heavy. What I know is very Mm loan-heavy signings, not many permanent signings. Um, And League Two, yeah, as I said, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. Some of the transfers have been mad in that league, and it just I think it just justifies why we love that league so much it's just so many good players and, and experience even top you know high-end EFL players coming down to play for teams like Wrexham and Notts County and and them and them lot that actually is making this league very very exciting for the neutral so yeah that's kind of my general assessment of the transfer window in my eyes anyway um but yeah it was a I was looking at deadline day and uh, I it was I I I it's the first time I've really dissected the EFL business and on deadline day mm. there's so <laughs> many deals that go on deadline yeah. day isn't there some Absolutely agents are nuts, making some they. money <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: honestly like oh it's it's nuts but that's our summary done yeah. we'll go straight into our top 3 um transfers I think so far we think so far in in, in each league so we'll start off with the championship so, Joe, do you want to give me one of your top deals so far? You know, based it could be based on performance, maybe value for money, uh, maybe just because you like that player generally or the club or the business. So talk to me about your first first player. Uh,
1: I love this. Uh, I immediately, I'm going to disappoint you, Andy. My top three are top three because they were randomly generated for me. I thought every transfer, every transfer has been unbelievable this season. Nice. Uh, I can possibly prejudge whether they're good or bad. So I put every single in for the championship league on and league two into random number generators and it's spat out three names per league. And I boy, do I have some names for you. Go um for them. my first one then is a is a Preston inbound Jack Watmo from Wigan on a free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um straight off the bat. Circa twenty fourteen when he was at Portsmouth, the best lid I've ever seen. That's well worth a Google. Um yes, obviously spent his early years at Portsmouth for playing a starring role in Wigan's League One promotion and ultimately unsuccessful championship campaign last year. And then he's hopped over to take part in Preston's championship season Hmm. this season. On a free but a bit of a weird one by all accounts. Like I think he did actually have a longer contract at at Wigan, but um he he sort of broke it and, and walked because of their sort of unusual financial dealings. So yeah. not ideal, but we'll ignore that. Um, w- Wigan's lost his Preston's game. Um, he seems like he's slipped right into the first team, which is a plus for yeah. them. Um, it's doing quite well. So there you go. I've also, because of the, the the randomness of the of the people, I have tried to tried to satisfy you, or at least alleviate the disappointment with a fun fact for everyone. Um nice. And Jack Watmo from Gosport, who claim. That Gosport is a derivative of God's Port, and that's what they put on all of their signage, as you would. But apparently, it's much more likely to derive its etymology from just an old word for goose, because there are a lot of geese there. So, Jack, next time you're introducing yourself, make sure everyone knows that you are actually just from Gooseport,
0: not God's Port. Nice. Thank you. Thanks in advance. Andy, um, over um... to you. <laughs> Send the podcast, sir. I mean, it's getting any better than that. Totally, it's one absolutely (laughs) barnstormer. of fact, that is. Um, so my first one, and and I went more on just my gut feeling and Mm. who I've liked so far. So I've gone for Jay Stansfield, um, who's uh signed for Birmingham online from Fulham really started well in the championship got two goals already kind of like relatively young player um from one of his I think one of his first loans coming out of a Premier League side and I think he's fitted right into that Birmingham style and I think he's supplementing a lot of the goals uh that you know normally Jukovic gets and uh and a lot of the players, you know, around him. I've really rated Birmingham's transfer business anyway this this summer, and I think they've actually invested a lot. And I think a lot of the transfers indicate the kind of feel good factor at the club right now. But I think Jay Stansfield he's definitely uh, stood out and got a good uh, equalising goal. I think gets Millwall this week, so I think that was a it's a good um a good general loan signing. And and sometimes loan signings from Premier League clubs can be a bit hit and miss, but this one seems to definitely be a hit. So I'd say he's one of my favourites so far. Love that. Great. Go for, shout. It,
1: go for the next right. one. I've got a slightly more familiar name this next time actually. Adam Foreshaw. So nice. from Leeds to Norwich on a free. Um obviously biggest achievement 2013-14 League One player of a year with Brentford. What guy. Mm. Um Leeds bought him back in the day off Middlesbrough for four and a half million, made ninety odd appearances for him over the last five or six years, and then this summer released, unfortunately. Bit of a strange one. So I don't I don't think he I think he could have done a job, but yeah, released and picked up only a few few short days ago actually by Norwich. Um he's only made eighteen minutes worth of contribution so far this year in the FL Cup, but hey, early days. Early days for Adam Forshaw. I don't think he was brought in to be a, a first teamer. I think he's there to be a squad filler. So plenty more sub appearances in the tank, I imagine. Um but I'll tell you, it wasn't a sub appearance. His his full debut. Um, can do you wanna have a guess who gave him his full debut back in two thousand and nine? Gave him his full debut. <sighs> there is no
0: clues there, by the way,
1: in what I've say, previously I, said. It's completely I'll, unrelated.
0: I'll say, I wouldn't even. But I wouldn't even be surprised. If it was someone like Arsene Wenger or something like that. Oh, I, I
1: thought you were gonna say
0: it. It was David Moyes at Everton. Oh, big Moyes, and ball. it was in fact.
1: December 2009, a full 90 minutes against Barté Borisov. Nice. Uh, yeah, his debut comes in Europe. Um, exciting times for Adam Forshaw 14 years ago. But
0: yeah, that's him.
1: Ticked off the list. Norwich.
0: I think and he's now probably he's got playing, a good yeah. squad player there. Now he's playing for the scum. I'm joking, I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. Always jest. Um nice one, though. That, for sure was an interesting one. I, I remember actually seeing him on the um the Leeds documentary on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched mm, that, it's incredible. He yeah, yeah. yeah, comes across really well to first. Seems a nice guy, bit of a locker room leader or a locker room experience leader. Yeah, I agree um, with that. So my next one is um Ugbo for Cardiff. Um, he's been excellent, to be fair, since he's joined. Yeah. He's not he's come on loan from Troy's, I think in France. Um, again one of them ones where you know it's a it's a it's a clearly he's either been really really well scouted by Cardiff and you know that might completely be the case or it might you might have seen just a few YouTube videos of him scoring some really good goals and thought, yeah it'd be <laughs> right, in our in our, uh, in our team but honestly he's um, from seeing him this weekend um, he seems definitely a handful seems like one that Notorious kind of big striker, but has good feet, good awareness, good runs in behind, and scores good goals. I think he's already three goals this season already. So I think he definitely seems a really, really good acquisition. And I think Cardiff, if they want to, you know, do anything in this league, they need someone scoring up front because, you know, they've they've got kind of an aging midfield in in Ramsey. And again, one of the questions actually that came up from one of our listeners this week is, mm. you know, Aaron Ramsey. Is he turning into a good signing for Cardiff? And that they did allude to your battering of him um, at the start of the season, Joe, and thinking it was a poor signing. What's what's your viewpoint on it now? Do you still think it's the same or do you think he's done well since he's come in?
1: Yeah, see, now's when I reveal that actually I was playing the long game all along with Ramsey and McGoldrick <laughs> and I was really high on both of those signings and just wanted to <laughs> spur them on at the start of this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I don't. I still don't rate the Ramsey signing as much as the. Well, I didn't rate either. That or the McGoldrick signing, I won't lie. Sure. But uh, the, 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 the the McGoldrick signing, I can see where I could have been wrong. The uh, the Ramsey signing, now nah, I'm still not convinced. I think if he's doing a job, don't get me wrong. But no, I'm standing firm by that one. Cardiff will get relegated, and um, I don't think Aaron Ramsey is the answer to their problems. in it, by any stretch of the imagination, um, I, I will stand corrected on the McGoldrick point. Maybe he can still hack it in League Two. Um, but yeah, for me, Ramsey,
0: nah, that's that's going nowhere. That's still a dead end. Nice, cool, that's excellent. Joe, talk to me about your final, your final one in the Championship. My final Championship pick, obviously, is Nathan Bishop to Sunderland
1: from Manchester United for an undisclosed fee. fee. <laughs> um goalkeeper, um, seemingly plucked from South End by Man U. Um, four years ago. He then proceeded to never play him in that time. Um, annoying. But he now joins Sunderland as what would appear to be the sort of backup cup keeper. Um, he's got his appearance in the Carabao Cup, but, but he's yet to make an appearance in the league. Um, ha- did have an a period on loan, like, not last year, the year before for Mansfield, where he did play every game and they made it to the player final. So, I don't so. know, hopefully for Sunderland fans... If you do have to see something of him, which hopefully you don't, because you don't want your first choice goalkeeper injured, um, he will he will still do a job. Um, his fun fact is uh his debut also happened in December, actually, similar to Adam Forshaw, but he actually came on at half time for an injured first choice keeper, which sounds minging, and yeah. they did lose 3-1. So a bit rough, but I don't I don't think we can blame him for that one, to be fair. Picking up the pieces from uh from a prior goalkeeper.
0: True, yeah. Then yeah, that's that's that is a fun fact, but it's never mm-hmm. nice when you're coming on like you, you're probably not prepared that well and no exactly. Yeah you put, I always put, think that.
1: Do you, you when you see him at half time, like I don't to be fair, I don't know if it happens in the Prem that much, but like in League One, League Two, I presume championship. The the goalkeeper, the the, the reserve is always the ones doing like doing keepy ups, like pelting his mates in the rondo, like just just absolutely making a mockery of any half-time sort of anything that's meant to be going on. If there's serious stuff that's to be done at half-time, get that sub as far away from it as possible because they're there to blam balls at their mates and yeah, and do keepy-ups. That Love is it. it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're living the dream of being an outfield player, just like dribbling it around past Mr. Nobody in the centre circle at half-time.
0: So, so true as well. I just, yeah, getting well away from that, from that subs bench uh, yeah. run, just run. <laughs> um, so, so my fight, my final championship pick is um Aaron Connolly coming, um, coming to Hull from Brighton for a permanent actually. Mm. Honestly, I think he's revolutionized that team. He's, I, I thought he was quite criminally underrated anyway. I've always kind of rated him as a player. And mm. I think, you know, I think, I think Hull signing for less than about two million. And I think that's yeah. an excellent bit of business from them. He's, you know, getting really good contributions. He's already got a couple of goals already, but he's got like two or three assists already in the in the first few games. And I think he's one of the main reasons which is kind of like spearheaded Hull's, you know, excellent start to the season. You know, they're they're in the play random in the playoff zone, aren't they? And they just beat Leicester. Um just beat Leicester, literally stopped Leicester's undefeated streak at the weekend. And, you know, I I think that is the kind of signing which you know says to me that probably Liam Rossini does know kind of what he's doing. I think that's a good, a good, you know, spot there. And I'm surprised that not a lot of other clubs are looking at him because I think he'd do any, you do a job at any, you know, championship club. I think he's a that I rate him that highly. So for him getting him on that kind of, you know, that kind of money, I think that's that's an absolute bargain in my eyes. Mm. Yeah, rating. Cool. Well, that's our championship roundup. Let's crack on yeah. with and just rattle these out. So I'll go first as you went first mm-hmm. last time. So my first one is, um, Gassana Hadmay. Um, mm-hmm. so Cambridge at Cambridge online from Ipswich, um, Again, one of the reasons why I think Cambridge have started so well this season is you know he's he's popped up with a few, fair few goals. I'm going very striker heavy. I don't know why or like attacking players heavy. I mm. do have do I have an ear? Just trying to think of that. Don't I worry. I I'm the taking a look
1: at most of mine are apparently
0: goalkeepers. So nice. we'll we'll, we'll, we'll
1: build a team between the
0: pair of us. Nice. Um, but I you know I think he's slotted straight into that team. You know, Had is always someone that has you know never really been. um seen as one of the top strikers of Ipswich but it's 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 sometimes good when you've got a chip on your shoulder and you need something to prove and maybe just going down one league and proving that is is something you know that's going to benefit obviously the team that he's his parent club but also the club that he's going to go on loan and I think that's you know reap benefits for Cambridge and you know they've started really well obviously had a poor result against you guys last week last weekend and uh um I think they drew it at the weekend. I'm not entirely I, I completely forgot. But, you know, I think he's he started off like a train. I think he's a really de- decent acquisition for uh, Cambridge. So, you know, good stuff. Mm. How about you, Joe? Well, I've got Anderson, Andresen,
1: 21 um, year old goalkeeper on loan from Reading to Carlisle. Um, Icelandic. So interesting there. He's been at Reading since 2018, and he's been on loan every single season since. Class. He's only 21 years old, so they must have started loaning him out when he was 16. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's had stints at Hungerford, Exeter, Morecambe, Exeter, Morecambe, Exeter, Stevenage, and now Carlisle, um, where he appears to have gone in as first choice, which is quite interesting for a 21 year old keeper. Um, and uh, his fun fact is he actually made his first Exeter debut against Oregon in a one all home draw, which isn't interesting, or is interesting is. He was signed in the morning, so wow. then both their first and second choice keepers got training ground injuries on the Friday, and then on the Saturday morning they they flew in Jockal Andresen from Reading, and uh and yeah he managed to squeak out the draw against Orion. So yeah, I mean I mean not the hard not the toughest opposition I imagine we're pretty bad at the best times, but yeah they not not bad good going Jockal.
0: Nice. Jockle.
1: jockle Gisabelle. I'll, I'll correct that for you live.
0: That's emergency 30-day loan signing if I yeah. did the story. <laughs> that's amazing. So my second one, even though the Charlton um haven't started very well, and obviously we'll allude to obviously uh the Charlton manager Dean Holden obviously being sacked and we didn't allude to it in our last episode, but mm. um Obviously a shame. I think he had something about him, but, um, you know, they started quite poorly in the league. And a club like Charlton, you need to be probably challenging at the upper echelons of the table. So it will be, you know, he certainly won't be the last manager to go in this. And we've obviously seen also the Fleetwood manager, my man, Scotty Brown, unfortunately sacked as well. Absolutely gutted about that. (laughs) Uh, I I lost sleep last night about that. I, I just felt so bad for him. That, but obviously, they've had an absolute disaster class at the start of the yeah. season as well. So, again, probably um, deserved. But obviously, in my mind, just big man Scott Brown. And uh, hopefully, you get a job very soon. But who knows? Um, but alluding back to Chelton, um, I've chosen Alfie May um, coming permanently from Cheltenham to talk Ch- Chelton. Yeah, again, Chelton have been really poor, but he is. You know, he's one of the shining lights of that team this season. I think, to me, that was an excellent bit of business from Charlton because he knows the league, scored shed loads of goals for Charlton last season. And sometimes you just need a little bit of league know-how to get you up the league. And he's already scored three or four goals, got two at the weekend, even though they lost. Um, and I, I just think it's an excellent bit of business. You know, he's probably only cost him like, you know, half a million max probably for that signing. I think it's money very very well spent. I think he'll do well this season. I think he'll be one of the top top scorers in the league. Um he just knows where the goal is and I think he's exactly what you need at that level. I think he, you know, I think if you put him in Leighton Orient's team for example, I think he improves that team massively. So I think it's a really good signing for them and uh you know, a good bit of league one know-how business I think out of maybe not like the spending side, but I think it's a good signing overall smart business.
1: A very astute observation, considering Wurien can't buy a goal scorer that can score goals at the moment. Unfortunately, yeah. the pig isn't doing it from Ipswich this year. <laughs> um, True. Yeah, we seem to have been sold a dud. For every Idris El-Mazzini, there is unfortunately a joke bigger, So
0: yeah. Absolutely hilarious guy, though. You should um go on the Ipswich Town YouTube channel and look at Coffee Club. So it's like um, a chat show that George Edmondson, who's one of the defenders, hosts mm. last season. Pigger was there, and he's absolutely hilarious. He's so funny. Just show we can play draw at the moment. <laughs> yeah, disaster. So you can <laughs> though.
1: Noan Kenne from uh, For Shrewsbury on loan from Hibernian, and um, fully paid up Liberian international. So he's with He made his debut in March with a two-all draw against South Africa, which which feels like quite a good result for Liberia. So yeah, yeah well, yeah. well, well done on that. A um, CDM seems to be equally sort of as adept at centre back. It um, appeared at the start to be a sort of squad filler loan, but he has actually battled his way to an appearance in every Shrewsbury game this season. So I don't know; time will tell. He could actually become a key man in the heart of the midfield, and I, I could have I could have just picked him out of the out of the herd. Um, obviously, obviously, his fun fact is going to be about Liberia. So, who is Liberian's top scorer? of all time no idea it's george weir of oh course. george weir okay yeah. 18 international girls famous ballon d'Or winner in 1995 and of course current liberian president i, I did bet. not i did not know that but yeah there you go footballing expertise directly translates to future presidency so i imagine i'll ascend the uk president's role asap Prime minister yeah yeah. Prime Minister Weaver,
0: loves it. Mm. Yeah, that's,
1: got that's me done one Kenny ticked off the list.
0: <laughs> Incredible. And then my final League 1-1 is uh, probably to no uh, surprise, Ruben, Ruben Rodriguez to Oxford yeah. um, from Notts County. I just don't know how they pulled this off, to be totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a statement signing if I did it here, like C1. Um, when it happened, I was obviously Notts County riding massively high, you know, he was one of the top sisters, top contributors in the national league, and was able to accumulate near a hundred points for for knots last year, last year, uh, last year, and I can imagine it was really high com- hot commodity for most, you know, league two, league one teams, even probably championship teams. I do rate him that highly, and he's, you know, Oxford. Uh, was it top of Le- the top of league Oxford or second? You Why? Know, they yeah, they're not yeah, top. Yeah.
1: Your your man, uh, your man Gary's at the at the top. But, yeah, um... yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are, Even worse.
0: Uh, oh sick, sick, gary Cole. But they're all
1: basically on the same point so
0: yeah um but again he's just he's just an extra x factor and a bit of quality mm. in that league and i think he can you know open defences and and i think over the season he will be a very you know very shrewd um, acquisition. I've actually really liked Oxford's transfer business. They got Greg Lee and Carl Edwards from me Ipswich um, this season, and I think you know both of them are very, very um, you know capable League One players. Edwards has got again a little bit of X factor on the wing, can you know take players on, cause some cause some mayhem. Um, okay. But yeah, that Rodriguez one is more for me. Like it depends how he does because again it's two steps up, so it might you know is a is a big step up from the National League. But mm-hmm. I think he's he's got it in spades and I think he can do it so it'd be, it'd be more like I think he, he's not the, the the return's not been as much as probably I expected at the start of the season but I think over time it's going to be a shrewd acquisition a very good acquisition for Oxford I
1: agree with that I like Rodriguez a lot
0: yeah. um, but I'll tell you who they didn't
1: acquire this summer they did not acquire Jason Littweiler, Um French Canadian 34 years old seemingly winding down his career Um. Highlights seem to have been the 120-odd caps he got for Shrewsbury, um, but he's just been bopping around the football league for the past 10 years, really, just just living life, really. Um, doesn't seem to be brought in to be first choice, so I presume he'll be providing that famous Canadian wit and, and I don't know, professionalism, I don't know where I'm going with that, um, to the Port Vale Goalkeepers Union. Um, the only thing I could really find about him, he was described as an all-round goalkeeper collect crosses, which seems to me like just a goalkeeper. I mean, that just seems to be the role of a goalkeeper, to like be a goalkeeper and collect crosses, but we shall see. It, it, it sparked the thought in my mind of would you rather, Andy, Ipswich sign a new first-choice keeper that is an unbelievable shot-stopper, but can't come and collect corners but like crosses? Yeah. Or some sort of weird, gangly, like Pantilimon? Monster who lets in every one to one he's ever faced, but yeah, every cross he just like one hands and starts Harlem Globe trotting it around the defenders, and it's sort all of, like eats <laughs> it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, just the Pantilimon shout absolutely got me. He was absolutely <laughs> humongous, wasn't he? just enormous, six yeah. seven or six eight or something. Like, what the hell's um, going on? Where did they get from? I, I, I think, I think mm. probably the. Good shop stopper. I'm taking. I think over mm. the lanky, yeah, uh, one to one because. Well, again, it depends what league you're in. I think if championship, you'd yeah, rather have a stopper. Yeah. League one, league two, probably you take the lanky guy that's good at cor- good at corner stopping because it'd be more set piece heavy. Um, yeah. So it depends what league you're in, but we'll have to. Hey,
1: hundred percent. To... That was an open ended question that there actually was a correct answer to, and 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 that was it. So yeah, well done. Big big tick for you. And big tip for Port Vale for bringing in our man, Jason Lutweiler. I'm sure it's Lutweiler. could be Lutweiler. I don't know why I'm adding a V there. Um, again, Jason, get in touch. I imagine you've got loads of free time. Um, yeah, let us know. We'll correct that.
0: Nah, it's, it's, uh, That's my legal transfers. Love Dump. it. It's we'll, we'll off League 2 because I want to make sure we get into the the the, the game of you. So my, oh, my yeah. three, I'll go through my three in League 2. Mm. So my first one is Ashley Nadezen, is it Nadezen for Gillingham, mm, um, permanently from yeah. Crawley. I think he's started really well at Gillingham. Gillingham have been really strong, um, but certainly at the start of the season. I think he's, I think I've looked at his last four games, I think he's rated like seven or eight most games, which is pretty good. And uh, mm. what you want from kind of like a League two player is someone that's quite consistently performing well over the season. And I think he's someone that definitely could. I've got your favourite signing of the League Two transfer transfer window, David McGoldrick to uh, Notts oh, County. Yep, uh... <laughs> I just it, it it just works, and the mccauley Langstaff, McGoldrick um, uh, partnership is just uh, bearing fruit right now, which is great. Um, kind of does make me happy that you absolutely hate his guts, so it's a- <laughs> Um And then I've got a bit of a rogue signing, got James McLean going from uh, Wigan down to Wrexham. Mm. Uh, that shocked the hell out of me. I didn't expect yeah, that. Very odd. Very odd signing. Don't know whether he actually, he might be like an Aaron Ramsey, a bit of like a, you know, statement signing or Gooden's yesteryear and maybe not mm. the not the player that Wrexham want, but as statements go, that's it. What are your three, Joe, for League Two? My three with name and rapid fire fun
1: facts are Damani Miller into Sutton from Wickham. Um, born in 2000, so I guess that my prospects of a football career are now officially over. Um, also made his debut in Europe. European Europa League appearance for Man United under his belt, so hopefully he's putting smiles on big Sutton fans' face in, in the near future. Um, Josh Nerfville seems to be a winger going into Wimbledon from Luton. Um, his first goal obviously in the Birmingham Senior Cup against Boldmere St. Michael's and <laughs> the EFL <laughs> jobs board continues. Um, so Boldmere St. Michael's currently recruiting, or the Mikes, as they like to be called, currently recruiting for a club secretary. So get your CVs in. Yeah. And finally, Kieran Agbebi, um, from Dover to Gillingham. I mean, the Gillingham manager seemed to admit that this was just like a, a wild punt. They were just like, well, his stats look all right. And... Like he seems keen, so we'll bring him in. Um, some places list him as a center mid, he's apparently a forward. My call, my claim for him will be based on his two appearances so far against Lordswood and Sittingbourne, who I think I've played against at some point in my Royce and Crow days. Um, this guy is going to be the, the Jude Bellingham of League Two. So, love because... snap up your snap up your ag baby shirts. Start preparing for them to retire the number thirty six because he's going into the history books as his best player of all time. Kieran, egg baby, you heard it first. Well, given my current form with that sort of claim, I imagine he's about to break both of his legs, and they just or they just fall off, and he just can never play football again. So it'll be one or the other. Uh,
0: let's hope that doesn't happen. I'm touching yeah, fingers
1: crossed. Fingers crossed. It's the Jew.
0: Fingers player. crossed. Yeah, that's that's uh, doesn't happen. But yeah, that's um that's one of the calls of the century i think so yeah let's see how that goes cool well that's our transfer window roundup joe i thought that was, a, that was quite interesting and a different mm. uh, for, the, for the viewers and listeners so we'll go on a quick break and then we will do our normal game week review of league one league two and the championship cnmo
1: Hello, hello, just a double hello from me, um, and welcome back to, uh, yeah, to the FL Session podcast. Um, we are now in normal service resumed, transfer business out of the way, we're going to get stuck into our, um, our, our match analysis for each of the leagues, only two, as Andy alluded to this week and for future weeks, to, uh, yeah, to, to free up a bit of time, but also to provide that detailed analysis, which we know you, uh, you're all here to, here to hear. Um, League One, I believe we're starting with, aren't we, Andy? So we um, oh, yes. Excellent. Should we get stuck into it? Am I, am I
0: first? You are first. Yeah. Over I to you. I can't
1: wait. I can't wait to talk to you all about Blackpool versus Wigan. So we've got straight off a, a two-one win for Blackpool at home, Um a first win of the season for Blackpool, which I found a bit strange. Twelfth, twelfth in the table, only one win. So. Hard to beat, but um I'll give you a quick blow by blow. Jordan Rhodes, EFL classic. EFL classic, what a hero. Yeah. Four minutes in, Tucks one in, Blackpool one nil you're laughing. Um, a couple of first half bookings for time wasting from Blackpool. Love that. Game management in full effect. Um, and they clearly it worked because the time it took them both wasting and getting the yellow cards, they only added two minutes added time onto the first half. So Mission accomplished. Neil Critchley pats on the back all all round when they get in. Um, Come out second half. Nothing's happening. Cut the bookings, cut the subs. Not all five subs, though, disappointingly. 89th minute, Josh McGinnis pops up. One all. Wigan think they've stolen a great away point. bull are fuming. Neil Critchley's like, couldn't we have just wasted more time? In fact, they wasted just the right amount of time. Seven minutes goes up on the board. And in the fourth extra minute, Kenny Dougal, Assisted by a player called Virtue Thick, which I absolutely love. Um crashes one home, two one, they bring it home. Great home win for Blackpool. Happy days. First win on the board. Um, stats seem to insinuate what they insinuate every week. Um, all the stats that matter are in Blackpool's favor, but possession, way on Wigan side. Seems to be a common theme this year in the Football League. Yeah. Possession basically, if you have a lot of the ball you're in the bin. You, you're destined to lose the game. Um, conversion rate, we know you love it, Andy. Seven yeah. shots on target from 14 and, and and three shots on target from six. So 50% from both teams. So both doing a pretty decent oh, job of that, to be fair. Yeah, we, we'll let them off. Um, but yeah, a, an interesting game more so because basically as soon as we said Wigan were doing great guns, they've lost two in a row. And hmm. yeah, Blackpool, who previously couldn't buy a win but equally weren't really doing Anything well, they just couldn't score, they couldn't score and they couldn't concede, so they're just drawing all the time. But now they seem to have uh unlocked the key. Um, who knows? Maybe they maybe they'll start firing at the table, but yeah, first win under their belts. They're probably feeling good about themselves,
0: yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely an excellent result for Blackpool, and uh, it's lovely when you get a goal in garbage time, and oh, uh, amazing, it's, it's amazing, and it? it sends the sends crowd happy. Can we also appreciate that? Blackpool do the standard four four two formation. Yeah. That is right, that's and, so
1: highly and a massive oversight on my end as well. Not pointing that out. Like in like now we are in the era of four two three one. Like that's yeah. just what everyone plays. It's the standard formation now. It's double pivot. So Neil Christian has come in and he's gone. Fellas, we're playing four four two and we're time wasting from the thirty first minute. Okay, Brexit football. Exactly, exactly. Brexit ball in in full effect. So. <laughs> Yeah, fair play. And it's getting results. That's what we all want to see. And he's put God, he's brought back Jordan Rose. He's like, Jordan Rose up front. He's yeah. like Huddersfield 2010. Yeah. Like, he's bringing it
0: back. Prime.
1: Yeah, can't, can't wait. Can't wait to see where this season goes.
0: Up the Blackpool, honestly. If you carry on doing this, you might become my next favourite team in the whole of the EFL to be talking about. <laughs> Four four two, just got to just got to love it. Like take me back to the eighties, and just four four two was king. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, there's nothing else really to say. I think, like you said, the, um, the all the stats were in pretty much Blackpool's favourite bar possession mm. and it looks like they definitely deserve to win the game and uh, I think uh, you know a good result and yeah a little bit of a sticky period for um for Wigan mm. need to get back on the old W column and keep the train running because I think you know that they, they obviously were a disadvantage at the start of the season anyway and they just need to get they need to you know get some wins under the belt to you know get back on the whole you know promotion push or the playoff push mm. certainly. Not too quickly though,
1: because they're keeping us out of the relegation zone at the moment. So <laughs> if they could uh, they can lose a couple more until Carlisle, Bristol Rovers and Reading start doing a bit poorer. And then uh, and then yeah, then they can win to their heart's content.
0: Definitely, hundred percent. Well let's move on to our second game and our final game of our League One review. Um Portsmouth Peterborough. Um mm very good game actually of what i've seen on the stats and one of the highlights it was a bit of a back-to-back um or back and forth game but um portsmouth came out on top three one at home um again i think fratton parks a pretty you know hard stadium to go to anyway and when the crowd are certainly on on the team side i think they're they're quite formidable at, at home certainly um but it was peter that went one all up um jones gets a goal on the 20th minute and then colby bishop gets one on the 38th and then uh Bit of a sucker punch, for Kamara 43, to take him into half time at 2 1. And then a really nice time to score 59th minute to make it 3 1. A bit of a mountain to climb for the second half. And probably they were able to see the game out pretty pretty convincingly from that. Um, mm-hmm. it, again, uh, you, you'd love it. Mucenio's used four subs, maybe not as many as you wanted mm-hmm. to. Darren Ferguson only using three subs, so that's you know that's that's pretty poor on his poor on his end. Sorry, yeah. out Darren. Um, but again, all the stats are leaning towards Portsmouth. Two point eight three expected goals, eighteen shots, three big chances, three goals for uh, three goals for Portsmouth. Exactly what you love to see. Um, but I, I, again, I think Portsmouth are cooking site this season. I'm, I'm, I'm. Hey, I'm beating. I'm, into, I'm, yeah, beating yeah, I'm beating six. A, I'm yeah. a six. Enjoying them. Enjoying seeing them play. Um, you know, seems to. You know when you got is it Josh Morel in the, in the midfielder like Kim is that his name I think he's... well Joe Morrell. well not Joe, not Morel, Joe name, anyway red yeah, card
1: yeah, yeah. In this game for... oh he did
0: get a red card didn't yeah, he didn't two that. yellow yeah, yeah, cards yeah, yeah. for persistent fouling
1: like are you stupid Make... well that's where John Massini has to come in you know he has to get him off he has to use that fifth sub and go Morel I'm saving you from yourself you're out of here because um, they'd won the game at that point as well just that's a, that's a silly red card um, yeah that is a silly and hopefully red card. it
0: doesn't doesn't impact their their
1: season Let's again. yeah they have
0: yeah. really got good strength and depth and also yeah. you know there must have been again listening to you joe because the uh, messenio's bought in three subs in the 83rd 90th and 90th minutes so that's yeah. even exactly right that yeah, he's,
1: he's doing his best anyway he's, he's he's trying to
0: he's trying to get those sub stats up yeah but but from from what i've seen i, I think you know peterborough peterborough always a team that I've always fancied like just always fancy in that league and to do really well they've been a bit very up and down this season and I know they had a bit of an issue with the Clark Harris signing because I think they were spoke he was supposed to go to Bristol Rovers on the last day, this, um, Trans- yeah. day and that didn't happen so I wonder how they're going to integrate him back into the team because they need him they need him in this squad certainly because he's the one that's going to get in the goals I don't know about this Mason Clark fellow but I don't he's definitely not he's no uh Clark Harris is easy no always, Clark Harris no Clark Harris so well, if, the, if they, they could keep him
1: in. off the team sheet for the next couple of weeks that'd be good because we have <laughs> Peterborough away not this Saturday next Saturday and I intend to go and if we could not get turned over that would be that'd be very nice but at the minute Peterborough are on a three-game losing streak hmm. they're going to play Cambridge next to I don't know they they might lose they might win but they'll probably the lose, derby, so then got. It is, yeah. It is Big W. And so let's say you've got four losses in a row. Who better to play than Leighton Orient? They're just the the, the three-point givers. We are nothing <laughs> but generous to teams that are on terrible runs. So, yeah, if we could avoid that outcome, that'd be good.
0: Yeah, there you heard it here first, and we know that Darren Ferguson is a loyal listener to the pod anyway, yeah, so agreed. Listen, listen here, here. That's, uh, mm. that's that's exactly what we were saying. So, yeah, you go. That's our League One review, and um, mm. just We'll just touch on the table because it's uh, interesting right now. So, mm. fortunately, we have Gary Corwell's Exeter up at the top of the table, 13 mm. points off six, which is not amazing. Kudos to them. They're, they obviously made an excellent start to the season and the, the train keeps on running. Again, goal right at the end of the game, I think they scored again and mm. won all-way win. It's lovely to see. Um, and then Bolton. That'll be
1: 16 from seven after Saturday, I imagine.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, then we've got Bolton. Again, Bolton have started really, really well. I think they're definitely fancied, for, in my mind, fancied yeah. for up there. And then Stevenage, we obviously alluded to it earlier in the season, earlier in the episode, because obviously they played you at the weekend. Again, yeah. did a bit of a job on you. And they've, again, plus five goal difference. They've seamlessly gone into this league and taken it like a duck to water, which is great. Port cooking again, that 7-0 loss to... Uh, 7-0 lost to on the first game of the season to turn them. And then you have mm. Portsmouth and Oxford in the other uh, playoff spots. And then in the relegation spots, we have Wigan on two points, Burton on two points, which have been really disappointed at the season so far. Mm. They just don't really seem to be offering at all anything. We have Fleetwood, who we've obviously we said Scott Brown's lost his job. That's been a terrible start. And then Cheltenham, you like I talked about in the transfer part of this thing, losing Alfie May, one of your top strikers last se- last season to Charlton, look what it's done to them, they can't buy a goal, they're conceding at will, and minus eight goal difference after six games is absolutely terrible, that's a disaster class if I ever did yeah, see. Yeah, I, I, I
1: couldn't believe Ch- Charlton Chal- literally haven't scored a goal this no. season, that, that has blown my mind, he'd accidentally scored one, but
0: yeah, apparently not, that's... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough reading. Okay, Joe, let's rattle into League mm. Two then, and let's go straight into it. So, Joe, do you want to talk to me about Crew MK Don's, please? I'd love to.
1: A surprising result, um, maybe not after eight minutes because after eight minutes, Milton Keynes Don's go go one up through Jonathan Lecco, and you're thinking, here we go, same old, same old story for uh for Joe's pick of uh of League Two. But at halftime, they probably stuck the pod on. Um, I imagine Lee Bell in the dressing room's like, listen up boys, this is what they got to say about you, what, what are you going to do about it? And do something about it, crew did in the second half. You've got a 62nd minute goal from Connor Thomas, you've got a 69th minute goal from Courtney Baker Richardson, and then you have a classic 90th minute, 3-1 Christopher Long, wraps up the game, puts those seven minutes at a time, just just puts the fans into party mode after that. Um for some reason, you've got Harvey Davis of crew getting a yellow card for time wasting in the 93rd minute, which is astonishingly stupid when I mean, you're two goals up with three minutes to play. But it didn't It didn't mean anything, it was just a booking. Um, yeah, get game over a really surprising result. Because do I think crew are a bad team? No, I don't. Do I think Milton Keynes are a better team? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I think that. I think they've had a really weirdly bad day at the office um who knows maybe gone one up and taken their foot off the gas um but yeah uh, just 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 a bit of a freak result really well not a freak result I think crew did deserve to win um but maybe a freak result looking at the, the the outcome of the game um two teams that have gone with the well the three five two or probably more apt 5 the five three two. Um, hmm. which, again, huge fan of. We're experimenting in League 2. We're playing these weird formations now. <laughs> um, if it's not 4-4-2, I like the fact that you're just going off-piste, like going, yeah, we're making our own rules now. Um, yeah, big fan of that. I just thought I'd point it out because I I enjoy a five at the back.
0: Um, I, I do too. If, if, yeah. if, you've got good, if you've got good wingers or good like, yeah. you know, wing backs, then I think it's a very useful... Um, a useful formation, especially if you can, if you have good midfield players to essentially, you know, flood the midfield, and you can dominate in the middle of the park, and then you let your backs just run wild. It's uh, it's interesting to see depending if they're they're brave or not yeah Mm -hmm. i was very surprised about this result mk dunn's been flying i've really rated jonathan lekar i think he's started the season off incredibly well um but you know clearly clearly the manager's done well at half time he's he's rallied them up and really nice times to get goals and i suppose again something to think about isn't it really nice when both your strikers get goals for for you like both get contributions you know it's not just one carrying the other it's actually both getting them contributions, and that'll do their partnership the world of good, right, for the season coming up, because it's not just one player, you know, one player doing the burden of the goals, right? You need to spread the goals across the team, of course. But when you have both players getting contributions and goals, no, that's, that's incredibly underrated, and that'll do them the world of good, I think. Yeah, I do agree. And actually, you say it, MK done sort of
1: second striker, if you will, went off. After, after 40 yeah. minutes. He actually Hunter picks up an injury and has to get subbed off. So, yeah, maybe that has a bearing on the result as well. Mm. I'm sure MK fans will be hoping that it's not for long. Um,
0: yeah, interesting point. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, good result for Crew. That'll do them the world of good. Uh, they had a bit of a mixed start, I think, to the season. Mm. So far. Yeah, so, so, so scoring
1: lots of goals, but conceding lots
0: as well. <laughs> yes. So that that'll that'll give them a lot of good air of confidence and let's see how they let's hopefully they use that as a bit of momentum and get get a run going. Um yeah. I'll rattle on to the absolute gunslinger of a game in league 2 of Stockport Crawley. Um Stockport they've just baffled me this season yeah. like so far. <laughs> I know they've baffled you Joe this season yeah. making mug at me. Yeah, it's we obviously, you know, with their squad You know they they should be right up there with with some of the best best teams on paper in that division by far. When you've got players like you know um, Louis Barry, you've got Nick Powell in that team. You know you've got it's just some unbelievable unbelievable players. Uh, Paddy Madden, like he's knowing that he's a bit of an EFL legend as well. Paddy Madden, yeah, Um, yeah. But they've had a shocking start to the season and. They just scraped here with a three-all draw and mm. it started off well. They they went one-nil up with Louis Barry. Seemed to be a good goal from what I saw in the highlights. Um and, and then actually went two-nil up. So started off like a train, which is good. Great. Sar- Sarovic Sarcevic, I think, yeah, gets mm. his uh gets his goal on the 36th. And then Campbell gets a bit of a sucker punch goal on the 42nd for Crawley. Um again, takes the game from relatively comfortable to a little bit more uncomfortable at half-time, I always find a 2-1 scoreline at half-time is a bit of a worry, I think. Yeah, a bit Especially if they've yeah, they got the goal, if it was one all and then you've gone in 2-1 after scoring, that gives you confidence, but when you've conceded that goal just for half-time, it's a different story. And that seemed to be the case. So Maguire on the 54th and Orsey on the 66th takes Crawley, again, who have been trash this season or so far already anyway, Crawley. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm going to a 3-2 free two, free two lead and then Alof a uh, 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 Oof, uh, I think or Alofa mm. I don't know I'm, I'm going to butcher that name till the uh, day I die I think <laughs> but, um he gets an 89th minute uh, equalizer to I, I'd say maybe appease the fans they can't be happy surely with what mm. what they've been seeing this season um but again it's not a loss it's it, it's it's a draw but for for Stockport they should be tummy-tickling teams from left to right, right? You know, the stats are definitely in their favour. 54% possession, 2.13 goals expected, 17 shots, three big chances, three goals. Um, So, you know, good conversion rate. But I don't know. It just seems like they're either just lacking in concentration or it's just a level of arrogance in that team to Mm. think that they can you know with the team they've got they can just turn up and and do over teams when they like but we've seen in league 2 already this season anyone can truly be anyone in this division and no games an easy game and there's some really good really good general squads in this league and they're going to have to really just like get their concentration up and really you know work as a team Cause they seem to be just a team of good players but as individuals but maybe not a team that's how i'm seeing them at the moment and that's not me bashing stop boys just what i've observed and i think they just need to you know maybe just go back to basics really sharp shop it doesn't have to be exciting football to start with just get some get some you know assurances at the back you know and the results will come but it just seems that they're trying to get all guns blazing and just it's just not working for him what about you joe
1: yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly and actually i will bash them 2-0 yeah. up after 40 minutes at home against a team that don't get me wrong, crawley are doing well this year so far, but I still don't tip very highly. Um yeah. you've got to be seeing that game out. You you've, you you can't, I mean, up until basically like you say, they scraped a the draw in the end, um, which is outrageous, really. Um yeah, really inter- interesting. Interesting because you know, Dave is an experienced manager at this level. Um so uh, it's very strange to insinuate that he might, you know, be allowing their concentration to slip as like a club, like you'd imagine it's happening on a on like an individual basis, um, like minor errors, minor mistakes across the field, um, that are causing it. But it's not great times for either no. my predictions or Stockport fans. So if we could sort that out ASAP, that would be that'd be great. Thanks, fellas.
0: Yeah, I just think I just think he needs to. Uh, they just need to, you know, get on a bit of a run. I think then they'll be at the races. But I think I think I'm going to err on. They're probably they're a bit arrogant. They think they could have just mm. run this league and and bought well and thought, oh, yeah, we've got the players now, we can do this. You can have the players all you like, but if you can't play as a team and can't can't keep the ball out, you know, then you're never going to get anywhere in this league. So, you know, this is a call to action. Stockport, get your get yeah. your asses into gear. I like that. Yeah. Weird. A weird fact that I know is from looking at sort of this game.
1: Um, Stockport have both scored more and conceded less than Crawley this year but find themselves three points and five places below them in the table it's mad isn't it when you
0: think Mm. about it so odd some of them games have been nuts though absolutely Mm. nuts Cool. Well, that's our League 2 review. So let's just have a look at the League 2 table before we close. So not to count to the McGoldrick-Langstaff partnership is uh, bearing <laughs> fruit, as I alluded to. So they're top yeah, on. As, as one. I predicted at the start of the year, obviously. <laughs> um, and then we've got MK Dons um, on 12 points as well as Gillingham. Um, Barrow. Barrow. Again, Barrow mm. are cooking. Barrow are going about their business. Um uh under the radar and it's good to see and yeah eleven points off six afc wimbledon um again didn't really fancy them this season but they've you know started okay ten points five plus five goal difference and then you've got Newport and Mansfield also on ten points um propping up the uh, the playoff zone and then at the uh, unfortunate end of the table we have uh first game gunslinger Sutton on three points and mm. still Donny, what is going on there yeah. like, well yeah. I'd say good result this weekend actually Got, yeah, a draw, good
1: draw. got a got a 0-0 draw against Swindon and actually yeah, going down throw. to 10 men at half-time as well with Tommy Rowe, an idiotic straight red in the third minute of added time in the first half is, puts you as if you need that if you're Grant McCann at the bottom of League 2 at one point all of a sudden one of your best players is getting themselves sent off by chucking yeah. in ridiculous challenges in it when you should be thinking about the half-time oranges Um <laughs> yeah, not not a bad point to to pick up at home, Matt, from a Doncaster perspective. But no fair point. Need I'll Need a few more.
0: <laughs> and and I'll I'll give um I'll give Rexham their due. Kept a clean sheet at the weekend. Mm, no yeah. Win against Tranmere. That's exactly the exact type of result we talk about. Stockport needing a one nil win or just a yeah. sharp shop Rexham, That's how you do it. So I think Stockport can take a bit of a take a bit of um. Lessons and learning from uh, from Wrexham. I think this. this yeah, this, agree this. with that. Cool. Well, let's finish off with the championship, which again yeah. seems to again bring some excellent games and some yeah. shocking results. And you're going to talk to me about one of them, Joe, and that is Sunderland Southampton. It is indeed. So pretty much as predicted, um, Southampton <laughs> to
1: Sunderland.
0: <No>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> quite quite the opposite, I'm afraid, Sunderland. Five Southampton nil. Um a, a rapid start from Sunderland. Jack Clark with a, f- a first minute goal. Um love that straight out of blocks. And then Pierre Aqua um adding another after seven. So two nil up straight off the bat. Love that. Tell you what I hate, Abdullah Bar getting a booking for simulation in the first half. Stop that. stop stop diving, Abdullah. Right. No need, you're two nil up. Um and then Pierre Aqua, or Equa rather, um adds his second and Sunderland's third. In, uh, in first half stoppage time so fantastic time to get a goal that just absolute mm. gut punch for Southampton all of a sudden you're 3-0 down floundering um, obviously the, the half time subs come on um, Fraser and, and and Jay Adams for Southampton but to no avail um, Bradley Dack adds a fourth for Sunderland three minutes after half time and then big Chris Rigg Gets himself on Eight, in the 82nd minute.
0: 16-year-old, isn't he? He,
1: he? he sticks one in in the, the 95th. Um Tony Mowbray said he doesn't play kids, he only plays men. And my word, Chris Rigg is a is a 16 or 17-year-old man. Um, <laughs> what a guy. I can't, I can't get enough of this Chris Rigg fella. Maybe, maybe he's my my championship view Bellingham shout, but he's less of an unknown. Everyone knows he's really good. Um yeah, Chris Rigg, 95th minute, 5 0 Um Southampton sent packing, and uh, I will freely mm-hmm. admit, not a result that I saw coming. Obviously, Sunderland and Southampton, actually, when you look at it, haven't had two weirdly different seasons to be honest, both, both fairly similar. But yes, did not see that coming from a relatively youthful Sunderland side as well. Um, with an average age of it's kicking around 22 23 years old, so a lot of young, exciting players in there. Um yeah, can't can't fault it. Can't
0: fault it in the slightest. Didn't um, see it coming though. I didn't think. Uh, no! Not at all. losing five 0 one. And uh, how can we not allude to absolute Blackburn legend Bradley Dax getting mm. getting a goal as well? What a, what a guy! Got to love Bradley mm. Dax.
1: Um, I mean, Sunderland's team is weirdly full of either like brand new children or like well, sorry, children, brand new men, and um, yeah. and championship legends. You've got sort of Alex Pritchard in there, Bradley Dack, um Jack Clark, you know, experienced names in there, sprinkling in a bit of a, a bit of youthful exuberance with um yeah. well obviously Chris Rigg, your man, Joby Bellingham as well. Um made him as a
0: striker, didn't they? Was, yeah. yeah, they did. Man. It was very
1: odd. They sort of went for the 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 f- four six zero <laughs> um, formation. But hey, it works. He's gone prime guardiola when uh we used to play those Barca lineups with no striker in it, yeah, sort of true. rotating front four. That's what we said. Hey, Pep Guardiola, Tony Mowbray. Same sentence, obviously. Um,
0: give Tony Mowbray the tools, and he'll build you a shed. Um, exactly. The fun yeah. uncle strikes again. And also <laughs> shout shout out um, shout out to. Luke nine as well. I think he just signed a contract extension yeah. at uh, Sunderland. And fun fact, I actually went to uh, I went to university and was in the same year and knew his brother as well, Jay. So big up Jay and I. Oh uh, Matt, I fully thought you were going to say him then. No, like, no, no, no. Oh, I didn't yeah, go to uni. Got with got I, a, went a to his I went to uni and with brother Jay. You hit me right at the end with the his brother. His brother. Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my that's my little bit of claim to fame. Yeah. So. Ah, fair
1: enough. Well. Yeah, what we'll you need to leverage that soft contact. We'll have oh Luco Nini on the on the pod in no time, talking about his role uh in in this five 0 defeat of um of Southampton. He did pick okay. up a, a tasty booking just before half time. So maybe you could come on and explain that to us. Love it. Good. That's what we like to see.
0: Got, mm. got to have your defenders at least have one yellow card,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a proper game unless you've got a couple of bookings spread about the back four or five.
0: Exactly. Cool. No, that's, that's that's a good assessment of the Southampton Sunderland game. It's just nuts really and it was a uh, it was first time Southampton have really had their kind of reality check back in the Champions. Yeah, I think maybe they needed it. Maybe that's yeah, what they agreed. To, to 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 get back on get back on a run. Um so I will book in the uh game week 5 review with uh, Coventry Watford um Joe. So again, similar to the Stockport game, absolute gunslinger of a game, a thrill. Mm. Um but again, two pretty decent sides. Coventry, I've always rated. They, they did very well last season. And Watford seemed to have definitely maybe turned a bit of a corner. I think they've they've had a pretty hot, put off, decent start to the season. And um, yeah, it was a 3-0 draw. So it starts off with uh, Rajevic, um getting a goal on the 35th minute. Um, and then Van Uick on the um, 41st minute. What a great name that is. Mm-hmm. Um Hout, uh scores an own goal on the 64th minute and puts Coventry two-one up, and then oh, actually no, I got wrong. Martins gets two two-one for Watford, then Hoot on goal to make it two-all, mm. and then uh Radovic thinks he's got a winner on the 79th minute on um, to make it three-two Watford, and then our oh, good for it. I I I've always rated him. Godden gets a goal at the end on the 87th minute to make. You know, I, I think for a general neutral, they will take a free old draw. It's probably mm. provide them a good a bit of entertainment on the Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, great game for the neutral, and it seems mm. to be generally quite an even game. Fifty three percent possession to forty seven. Fourteen shots for Watford, sixteen shots for Coventry. It's, it seems to be very much a back and forth tussle. And mm. again, similar. to, Maybe in my mind, this is different to the Stockport game because I think it seems that. Both teams truly went for it and just wanted the three points. And sometimes it's good to see that. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, Watford, I think in previous seasons have been guilty of maybe not scoring enough goals and, and not, Going for going for you know going for kills and going for the three points. They've been a yeah. team that likes to shut up shop and maybe play on the counter. But it's good to see him scoring goals and against you know going to the you know is it still the Rico Arena or is it the Coventry Building Society Stadium? I don't even know these days. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's 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 good to see, and I think Watford will take a lot of confidence from that result. Even though they, you know, let in a last minute um, equalizer at the end, going to Coventry and scoring three goals is always going to give you confidence. So I don't think any team will feel necessarily like, you know, um, too too worried. Oh, and and got a penalty in that game as well. He right? did. I was going to say he was making oh, amends man. with his last yeah yeah making amends twentieth yeah, so... minute penalty miss. So maybe three all was a fair result in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Then, um, but for the neutral, good game. I I'm not too. Dissatisfied with either team, I think it's one of them ones where, you know, you get these kind of results. It's a high-scoring draw, and I don't think either team will be necessarily too too uh, too worried or too sad about it. What about you, Jay?
1: Yeah, no, agreed. Um, great game for the neutral. Um, yeah, I, I think you've done a very thorough, very thorough analysis of that one. Um, I, I I would question whether Watford have had a good start to the season though. Mm. One win in five isn't probably isn't on a uh, Ishmael, uh, no, well, Valerian Ishmael's yeah, wish list for this year. But, but then equally, I don't think they've got a great team to be honest. So a lot of new I'd
0: players. Be, it's a lot, yeah, of,
1: like a brand new squad essentially, isn't it? Yeah. So he's he's doing a job. He's doing a job with the tools he's been given. Um, yeah, it's it's
0: putting it nicely for him. But agreed. Yeah. Well, we'll finish off with going through the table then. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Preston cooking. Preston are cooking, top mm-hmm. of the league, 13 points of five games plus five goal difference. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about it Switch. he yeah, uh, is. The big old, uh, what game on Saturday. Um, I think Cardiff were very deserving of their 2-0 lead at the start. They played really well at the start of the game. Um, but then... It just don't know when they don't know when they're down, which is a really really good mentality to have, especially in the championship. Like they're never out of the game, and and I, I think as soon as I saw the first goal go in, I just thought, you know, they got a chance here, they got a real chance here, and they just kept kept just going. I think they were very much didn't really care if they conceded. They were just going gun ho for the go going gun ho. And it worked out for them. And that is an excellent result. 3-2 at home, 2-0 down, three goals in the space of like 15 minutes. You know, sends the cut sends the crowd really happy. But I think McKenna will take a lot of a lot of um positives out of that game. Is mm-hmm. that kind of a is that famous phrase, was it mentality monsters? You know, it's that what? kind of clopp out. I know, yeah, get your Logan cop out. Um when you have the mentality that you just don't want to lose and you you win at all costs and just want to win, that's a great mentality to have in this league. Look at Leicester; obviously, they they did get beaten by Hull, and again, Hull are doing really well this mm. season. They're again, they're very much mentality muscle. They weren't playing necessarily that great, but just getting one nil wins or just one goal margin victories. But they would always grind out the three points. And I think if it was switched carry on doing that, they're on track for a good season. I still don't think they'll get playoffs. I think there will be a period where they will get unstuck a bit and mm. they get a bit humbled. But they've made an excellent start, and you know it's all good feel good around the club right now, which is great. Yeah. Hey, Sheffield Wednesday up next as well. So yeah, nice another easy three points, eh? Who knows? Who knows? They did. They did get off the mark against a, uh, uh you know who they play. They played um, oh, Sheffield Wednesday. It was 0-0, wasn't it? At the end, uh, yeah. Up. They they got draw. Um, yeah. I believe it was Leeds. Yes, you go. brilliant result for them. Leeds, hmm. you know, again scored four goals. at switch last week and a hmm. sharp shop and and that's a good result for Sheffield Wednesday. So definitely not a foregone conclusion, but they'll definitely fancy themselves at Hillsborough. Um. Then we've got Leicester on 12, Birmingham on 11 again, starting off really well, as we alluded to earlier. Norwich again, cooking a good season. They lost at the weekend, though, against Rotherham, which is a bit of a yep. it, weird bump. So, mm. And then Hull, Hull, um, Oh, we're doing well. Obviously, Jack, uh, loyal listener of the podcast, will be very happy. He, him, and his podcast fancied Hull, and think they'll get up automatically. Bold shout, but they're doing all right for them, for him so far, which is good. So shout out, Jack. And then, funny, I, I didn't think Swansea would be in the relegation zone so far. I was very surprised. I know they lost Piro, big signing. They've lost again. He was one of my Piro was one of my potential signings of the summer with Ampadu yeah. for, for Leeds. I think they were two excellent signings. So again, I can see why they're. Potentially down there, losing a lot of goals um, in that team. Um, but we didn't think they'd be on two points after five games. It's quite concerning. And then mm. Sheffield Wednesday on one, on one point, and then Middlesbrough.
1: What yeah, what's going ones on ones? there?
0: Carrick ball is certainly not it's, bearing it's floundering. Maybe it was tuba ball all along. And mm. he was just dressing it up as his own ball. actually, it was Pomp ball. Yeah. So we're finding it out the hard way. Yes, yeah, definitely finding out the hard way. So, yeah, tough, tough times, in bro. Yeah. Okay, well, that is our that is our game week five review for for the EFL. And uh, let's get straight into our prediction game, Joe. Um, because uh, I, we need I, to I can sum it going. up. I can sum it up in short for you if you want. Go for um, it. If let's if, get the uh... games. For let's get the games for. No, we won't do it this week because we'll... I'm thinking yes. we'll just like a preview of, in the international break, of a, uh, you know, get a pod in, pod out, seeing how game six will, game week six, and we could do a oh, bit yeah. of that.
1: Don't worry, uh, I wasn't planning on picking any more games for the foreseeable future, because we've both had absolute stinkers in, in game we? five. Um, Sunderland, Southampton, we both plumped for Southampton wins, obviously Sunderland win 5-0. Um, Northampton, Wickham, we both, well no, I went for a Northampton win, you went for a draw, obviously Wickham win. Um and Mansfield Bradford our League Two game I went for a confident three uh, one Mansfield win you did call a draw too all and it did end up nil nil so That's the cool. outcome of this week is one nil to yourself which that is awful, lead, yeah it was a really poor really poor showing um <laughs> which extends our uh yeah extends at your lead rather to um to to twelve points versus eight. So work to be done, for game week to forget for the pair of us in reality.
0: Exactly. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, so a next, let's do it in our next pod. We'll do the preview of game week six, and we will. Uh, we make. We made. If, if England have played, maybe during that, we'll do a little bit of a summary of the England game, and uh, then we'll. Um, we'll do if there conditions. are football league players playing. Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah. I, I'll have no interest. Yes. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Yeah. and then, um, and then we'll do a um predictions for the next week uh, for Love the next pod, so we'll do that um, but to some finish off the pod, we can't not talk about yeah up-camping. this is what we've been waiting for. this is what we've been waiting for yeah. for the for the last hour and a bit, so mm-hmm. um, canby Island were in uh, first round qualifying in the f a cup um at the weekend, and I'm very, very happy to say that they've made it through to the second round. By trouncing Lower Stoff Town 5 1. Um five star performance all round. Yeah, see you later. later. See you later, lower Stoffed. get get in the bin. Um <laughs> Evans, Evans starts off the starts off the route. Um again, friend of the pod, potentially getting him on in the next couple of weeks. Let's hope so. Um uh, we have Sack getting a forty second minute uh goal to go in 2 0 at half time. And and the gaffers clearly just said, let's just keep keep the foot on the metal, keep the pedal to the metal, gets the third. Um, Hubble, again, we talked about him last week, seems to be doing pretty well, 55th minute goal. And then Salmon breaks it 4-0, 74th minute. Sayer gets a consolation goal for on the 77th minute um, for a stuff. But then this land is, or this lands, sums it up 5-0 in the 90th minute to send the Canvey Island team and the fans at the movie star stadium into Raptures and gets them into the second uh, round of the uh of, of the um FA Cup and they'll be facing Braintree town I think it's yeah insane. local derby yeah local derby literally near my end of the uh my end of the stick so I live mm-hmm. uh just outside of Chelmsford so Braintree is quite close but is at home so maybe that could mm-hmm. be that could be a that could be a game for us, Joe. Maybe a second round. Yeah, I like that. Get back to it, the fortress. Up, yeah. It's at the movie Star Stadium, a home tie. So that could be a potential uh, game for us, Joe, maybe. I like Rout that. Of when, when
1: mere virtual boat watchers become IRL boat people.
0: <laughs> Love that. Three hundred and thirty-five in attendance, what we like to see. Ooh. Good 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 amount of people there. And yeah. uh, I, I I'll 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 s I'll plug it. Evans Kwasi's goal, just watch it. He cuts in from he gets the ball on like the uh on the byline, um like beats like two or three players, gets into the six yard box and like curls it bottom corner. Oh, it's an absolute peach. I love that. You've yeah. whetted the appetite there. You are the Peter Drury of the Isthmian Premier League. <laughs> But yeah, so a great result for Canvey. I'll do him the world of good. Get him in the second round of the F- uh, qualifying the FA Cup, and hopefully that um, translates into the home form. And uh, um, we'll definitely probably give you an update on how they did it on a on pod because I'll probably have a Isthmian Premier League game. Because not gonna lie, highly doubt they have any players on international duty. Yeah, to it, it
1: doesn't it doesn't affect uh, affect these games as quite as much. No, Absolutely, not quite completely. as
0: disruptive. Hundred percent. So yeah, it's um, it's a good win and up the V and we look forward to see how they uh how they get on. But I think it's um, it's a good result all round, and I think it's one that will do them the world of good. And uh, yeah, they've got White Hawk on Saturday in at home in the Espin Premier League. So you know, Lovely. up Find the Canvey catch some
1: birds in our nets, our our fishing nets. I'm trapped! <laughs> oh no, this 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 white hawk is trapped in my net. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone laughed.
0: Ha! A <laughs> Good joke. I love that. And uh, I don't think the pub. That, that, that's, that's a perfect way to end the pod, Joe. So it, uh, Rick, it isn't. It isn't
1: the perfect way, but I think it's the only way we can now. <laughs> exactly
0: um very much enjoyed it as always joe um and uh yeah as i said we're into double figures on these episodes we're really enjoying doing it Um uh, make sure you obviously um listen to us on all your podcasting platforms apple Podcasts, amazon music spotify all that lovely stuff give us a five star review it massively helps and that's us um you know carry on doing what we're doing um and you know make sure you share it with your friends your family um you know we'll Get us on the get us on the Twitter and Instagram at EFL Sesh Pod, um, and you know keep interacting with us. We like the fan interaction. We'll hopefully get some guests on very very soon, so it won't just be me and Joe talking. Mix up a little bit, but you know, as always, I'm I'm incredibly enjoying this Joe. Hopefully, you are too.
1: I'm indeed. I, I I look forward to all of these terrible takes being called out over the course of the season, um, <laughs> and hopefully, some of them not being so terrible. But exactly. The key is volume. The key is volume. I need to make enough claims that some of them, just by the odds, have to be true, and then it'll then it'll cover my bases.
0: And then you'll be um, pray, uh, shouting about it for the next five years. To exactly.
1: Come. If this Kieran Egg baby one comes through, <laughs> we're in the money. I'm I'm dining out of that for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> oh God. Well, we'll end it there. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you have a good rest of your day wherever you listen to it. And up the FL Sesh Pod. back.